All right. Don't die. We don't have time for that. Okay. I'll try not to yet. Hey guys, here's what's coming up. Next week on October 25th, we will be playing a game we're calling Novel Makeover. Then, on November 1st, we will be discussing All Systems Read by Martha Wells, which is the first of the Murderbot Diaries. And here's a quick plug for our Patreon. We've got stickers, bookmarks, mugs, and more. Check out all the cool perks at patreon.com slash thebooklifepodcast. We hope you consider supporting us if you can, and we're incredibly grateful to all of you for listening in every week. Thank you. Speaking of thank yous, we want to send a huge thank you and shout out to our patrons, Ronnie and the Pirate Queen. May your problems always be fictional. Now, on with the show. Welcome back to the Book Life Podcast with your hosts, myself, Mo, and my best friend, Abby. Tonight, we are discussing one of my favorite book series, the first book in the series, Faded, by Benedict Jacka, which is part of the Alex Berry series. Faded is, like I said, book number one. It's the one that kicks off this lovely urban fantasy that's set in London. Fun fact about the first book, it gives a very strong nod to the Jim Butcher series, Harry Dresden Files, or the Dresden Files about Harry Dresden. But what I appreciate about this book is that it's not a carbon copy at all. Yes, it's urban fantasy. Yes, there's light and dark magic. But uh, in all honesty, I don't enjoy Harry Dresden, and I adore these books because i like alex so much who's the main character i'm with you on that like i feel like we really need to stress people say that this is a carbon copy of harry dresden and it's not even close to be frank alex is a gentleman and dresden is a pig yeah that's how i feel about dresden as well i mean they're great books but they're not they're not my shindig you know what i mean oh yeah i've read i only read the first dresden and i'm like this is not for me. I can't do this. I don't like the inner voice and just nothing about this does anything for me. Alex Varis, I've read like the first four of this series because I enjoyed Alex. He's witty. He's charming and just wants to be left alone mostly. <laughs> yeah. And I appreciate that. He just wants to be left alone in his shop. So by God, leave him alone. Mm-hmm. So I got some fun facts about the book and about the author. One thing I highly enjoyed that I thought was like super cool. Did you know Benedict Jacka has an entire encyclopedia dedicated to this series on his blog? What? Yes. It includes all of his role building. So there's like oodles and oodles of stuff. Introduction to the magic, introduction to different types of magic. The difference between someone who's a normal, a sensitive, an adept or a mage why there's a light and dark division how does divination magic work how does chance magic work the council factions the concord he wrote the freaking concord he wrote about the keepers of the flame on the key the different keeper orders all of his magic how any of the magic in this world works you can look in here what the other worlds are what it's like to be a master and apprentice yeah I mean, he's like, if you want to know more about my world, here you go, guys. And he just, and whenever he releases a book, there's always new stuff in it. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate his attention to his world building. That just makes me so tickled. Oh, yeah, definitely. And so this has been a Jacka's second series. His first series was about ninjas. He has another series and it's about ninjas? Why have I not heard about this? 
uh, it's a young adult series. It's really hard to find, honestly. I don't know if it's even in publication anymore, but yeah, it's about ninjas. It's called Ninja the Beginning and Ninja the Battle. Very interesting. And he's like, I am really sorry, but they're a hit or miss. And he's like, I don't have any copies, but he's like, you could probably find some used online. Good luck. I'm very intrigued. Sorry, I'm looking up about Goodreads right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's okay. It's okay. You can look them up. The Alex Vera series is a 12 book series with book 12 releasing this year in December and is called Risen. And you can bet your bottom dollar that I am going to be buying that book in a hot second. Okay. I am not at all surprised. My next, my next audiobook purchase is going to be Gilded by Marissa Meyer. And then I'm going to pre-order this book. So I have it ready to drop into my audio app. Good plan. I know. And then after this series, Jacka is going to be releasing a new 10-ish book series, urban fantasy series, that is not related to the Alex Barris universe. So I'm quite interested to see what he does different. If he's Since he did all this world building and he's not going to use it for the next series. Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting. Yeah. I know, right? I love these books, so I can't wait to read the next ones. I know. I really want to reread... Because I reread this one a couple months ago, and now I really want to reread the other three that I've actually already read and continue on with the series. I don't know why I got distracted. Shiny objects? Yeah, there's lots of books in the world. It's a problem. Uh, Yeah, it's a good problem, though, isn't it? It's a fantastic problem. The real problem is just me, because I can't sit around and read all day. That's the real problem. Mm, you have to mom and do stuff yeah clean and like feed children and things of that nature yuck (laughs) no good yeah man so abby can you um drop us a summary of this book sure thing alex ferris is part of a world hidden in plain sight running a magic shop in london and while alex's own powers aren't as showy as some mages he does have the advantage of foreseeing the possible future, allowing him to pull off operations that have a million to one chance of success. But when Alex is approached by multiple factions to crack open a relic from a long ago mage war, he knows that whatever's inside must be beyond powerful. And thanks to his abilities, Alex can predict that by taking the job, his odds of survival are about to go from slim to none. Kind of rough being a diviner. Divin- divinationer? Diviner diviner kind of rough being a diviner isn't it yeah like it's a really cool power but i don't think i'd want it (laughs) no especially not with all the different factions that are like we want to use you and alex is just like please no he's like i I don't want to be used well let's talk about characters so we have alex varies who is a firmer dark mage apprentice turned neutral magic shop owner with magic affinity for divination he just wants to be left alone that's it we also have luna a young woman with a multi-generational curse for bad luck we have starbreeze a lovely air elemental who is quite fond of alex we meet arachne a talented steamstress who offers wise advice to Alex and is also a large magical spider. (laughs) We also have Cinder, an elemental dark mage with an affinity for fire. We meet Delio, a dark mage who has a past with Alex. We meet Levistus, 
a light mage junior council member with a strong dislike for Alex after Alex turns him down for a job. Morden, a powerful dark mage. We meet Onyx, another powerful dark mage who is apprenticed to Morden and is his chosen. We meet Talisid, a light mage councilman, and Sonder, another light mage that Alex ends up working with in Talos, with Talisid. There's a lot of interesting characters you hear. So I keep mentioning this light and dark mage thing. So there's two factions of magic in this book series. There's light and dark. And Alex is like, screw you all. I'm neutral. And they're like, mm, we don't like that. And he's like, well, too bad. I'm going to be neutral. <laughs> and that's one thing I really like about him. Like, he's just like, mm, I just don't feel like dealing with that crap. Thank you. I feel like his stance is kind of like, I've seen what the dark mages do and I don't approve. And I've seen what the light, ma- light mages do and I don't approve. So I'm with none of y'all. Right. And I also appreciate that there is a little bit of magical creatures in this book. The two specifically being Starbreeze and Arachne. I love me some magical creatures, you know? Oh, for sure. And I like that they're just treated as part of the magical world like any other being would be. They're not like second-class citizens or something stupid. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder what that's referenced to. Hmm. Hmm. I, I wonder. Hmm. Mm-hmm. No. I wonder what could possibly have been going through my mind at that moment. Uh, are <laughs> Are you a member of Spew by chance? Uh. Controversies we don't need to bring up in this episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. I won't. I won't go into the world that will not be named. So, any other thoughts about this book series before we get into the second half, Abby? I. I mean, like I said, it's a long. When you read this, you got to be dedicated to read it. When did this book first come out? The Fate had come out in 2012, I feel like. So, I mean, I've been dedicated to the series for a hot second. And I'm pretty sure... Let me see. Publication year. So, this book, Fate, came out in 2012. And I'm pretty sure when I picked it up, I definitely had to read it probably... I remember starting, we worked at Schmidt together and I started that job in 2013. So maybe 2014. And I'm pretty sure the first three books were out. So I've been sticking with this as the books have come out since then. Maybe that's why I stopped at the fourth one. That might've been the last one that was out when I read these originally. And then I forgot. That's to, kind of what I'm thinking too. Yeah. I forgot to pick them up after that. <laughs> It's okay. I went through a time period where I definitely was not reading them. And then I got to binge like five in a row, which was glorious. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of like me and the Mercy Thompson series. Like I read the first three or four books in high school because that's all that was out at the time. And then I completely forgot about it until I worked at Schmidt again and Lisa brought it up. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember that series. I should reread that series because it's got more books in it now. And I, I remember enjoying it. And then I just, I couldn't stop reading them and rereading them. <laughs> and you did. So in the land of urban fantasy, what are your top three urban fantasies? Okay, so I don't, I feel like I don't read as much urban fantasy as, fantasy as I should. Hmm, okay. Because Mercy Thompson and Alpha and Omega are definitely like my top urban fantasy. I really like Alex Varis. Not a fan of Dresden. See, now I'm blanking. What other urban fantasies have I even read? Well, you've read the Iron Druid series. Well, that's true. Did you read Charlene Harris's Suki Sack House? Mystery? 
vampire mystery novels? I read the first one. I okay. Guilty pleasure. I have read that entire series and I kind of loved that series. That's one of those series that I keep kept meaning to pick up the next one and I just never did. I can definitely say there's some issues with continuity with that series, but I still love it. It's still one of those series that makes me happy. It's just a special series. Um, did you read <laughs> Kitty in the Midnight Hour by Carrie Vaughn? Nope. Oh, that was that's a good series. I would recommend if you would like some shapeshifters in your life. Hmm. Doing like a quick, uh, I mean, Heart Strikers, I think is urban fantasy. That's true. That's like a futuristic urban fantasy. That's always how I describe it. Yeah, but it's still an urban fantasy. Okay. So I guess my top three would probably be Mercy Thompson, Alpha and Omega, and then Alex Ferris and Heart Strikers. So, and, and I would have to say, like, my favorite ones would be this series, Alex Veras, Mercy Thompson, which I kind of put Mercy Thompson lumped in with Alpha Omega. Oh, yeah, I was saying the whole Mercy verse. Sorry. Oh, okay. Shoot, what was the other one I was going to say, even? I said this, oh, Heart Strikers. So I consider Heart Strikers part of it, too. Okay. Which, I love Heart Strikers. Oh, Yeah. Heart Strikers and the Mercy Reverse are like my top two. If I had to pick a third, it'd probably be Alex Ferris, even though I haven't read the majority of the series. I just don't read as much urban fantasy because I love Mercy Thompson so much that I always end up comparing it, other books to it. And I feel bad doing that. But there's nothing wrong with that. I would recommend you should read Kitty in the Midnight Hour by Carrie Vaughn if you like Mercy Thompson a lot. It's great. There was a really, really weird book that kind of turned me off to it for a while, but otherwise, I like it. Okay. I have been wanting to read more from Alana Andrews. She does urban fantasy a lot. Oh, okay. I guess Clean Sweep would be considered urban fantasy. Oh, is that your house? Your, um, your, with the, the inn? With yeah. the inn, yeah. Because, I mean, like, it's got sci-fi elements to it, but, like, technically it's set in an urban fantasy-ish kind of setting. Hmm. I wonder. I wonder. Anyway, she writes a lot of urban fantasy. I've been meaning to get more into her, too. So Wait, did you say Alona Andrews? Yeah, I might be saying the wrong one. Yeah, that's fine. And the first book, one of them is, is Magic Bites. Yeah, the Kate Daniels ones. Yeah, you, were, you, were, you know what, Abby? We're going to read that in 2022, okay? We're going to read that in 2022? It's on my list. All right. Well, there it goes on my list now, too. <laughs> All right. Oh, Night Size, a really good urban fantasy by um, Simon R. Green. Remember Simon R. Green? Oh, he wrote that really dark urban fantasy, didn't he? Yeah, it is quite dark, but it's good. I read the first few of that series. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read um, again. I haven't, because I, well, I don't think I've read it, actually. I know a lot about it. What's the title of the first one? I don't know. I, I'll take a picture of upstairs, though, if you would like. I don't remember what it is at all. Uh, something from the night side. Yeah. Yeah. I, I plan on that being my spooky October read, but I just actually need to... I need to finish some other flipping books before I get to it. <laughs> I know that feeling. Don't laugh at me. I read that one back in high school. Oh, my God. <sighs> and I read, like, the first... I read the first three because that's all that was out at the time. There's a lot out. 
but I remember really liking it. I remember really liking the third one. Maybe you would like to revisit this with me as well next year. Well, I'm going to read the first one this year. I would not be opposed to rereading that series. Perfect. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed our episode tonight. Tonight's is called <laughs> Abby Mo planning 2022 right now. Instead of talking about anything else, but actually we'll get right back to the book. So everyone, urban fantasy is awesome and we need to read more urban fantasy. But when we come back, we're going to spoil this book. All right. We'll talk to you in a minute, guys. Hello, everybody. I'm Megan. And I'm Samantha. With Literary Lushes. And we want to tell you about our podcast. Join us every other week as we dive into a sci-fi or fantasy novel where we also drink cocktails inspired by the novel. We post YouTube videos of us making the cocktails. And a lot of the times we even have the authors on, including Dennis E. Taylor, Marissa Myers, and even Angela Roquet. So join us because you don't want to miss the podcast that's been described as not taking ourselves too seriously. And with that, we say stay lively with your libations. Welcome back, guys. It is time for spoilers. If you have not read Faded by Benedict Jacka, which is the first in the Alex Ferris series, please pause right now, go read it, and then come back and talk to us. We are going to do favorite characters first. Talk to me, Mo. Well, first, I want you to read your disclaimer. My disclaimer? I I like your disclaimer. We want to make it very clear to anyone listening that this is the furthest thing from a Harry Dresden ripoff. Alex is a gentleman and Dresden is a pig. All right. So favorite characters. I will hit you with my favorite characters. One, I love Alex in this book. He's everything that Harry is not. Okay. He is sweet. He is funny. He is caring. He is Mm -hmm. not looking to bang everything that has boobs. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Um, and that's something <laughs> I really appreciate about him. And I like his magic. His magic is so different. Like, okay, so you have probability magic. So you have to, he calls it path walking where he walks down all these paths so he can make good decisions. He knows enough about guns and martial arts to be able to predict people's moves and be like, oh, matrix this. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He is a master of his craft. Like, if I was reading um, Mercedes Lackey and I was looking at, like, the Heralds of Aldemore series, like, he would be a master at a, you know, like, a master mage, like, top top line in the, coll- the, the collegium. Love it. I love him. And he's, I, well, I mean, he's kind of humble. He knows he's good. But he just wants to keep to himself, you know? Mm-hmm. And I love Luna. And I'm going to try real hard to make sure I don't, like, go crazy on all the crap that I know about Luna. But when we meet this book, she's pretty broken by her curse. You know, she's, it's awful. It ruins her life. She hasn't learned how to manipulate it. And you kind of just feel bad for her. You're like, I just want to be Luna's friend. Like, she sounds real cool. And you just have to make sure that the curse doesn't get you. Mm -hmm. And I like that Alex isn't trying to get in Luna's pants, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they're friends, and that's it. And I love it. I love that we get to see a male-female platonic friendship. Yes, for sure. And then there's Arachne. One of my favorite non-human characters in all of the books I've ever read. I love that she is Alex's oldest and wisest friend. I love that she has no problem speaking with candor to him and saying... 
Alex, you think that's a really a good idea? Are you sure you really should do that? And she's like, I would recommend you don't do that. Mm-hmm. And I like when we get to go into her home, essentially, the hollow. Right? Is it the hollow? I don't know. Her home underground? Sure. We're going to call it the hollow. Yeah, the, it's the home underground, essentially. And it's just covering all these fabrics and she's making all these outfits and that she can imbue magic into the outfit she makes. Like, mm-hmm. that's just awesome. And then she mm-hmm. gives Alex's. Like, here, Alex, here's a XYZ. Enjoy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> what about for you? I 100% agree. agree about all three of them. I love Alex's narration style. I love his sense of humor. I love that he's not constantly trying to bang every female creature that crosses his path. I love Luna. I love her curse is so interesting. And she herself is such a great character. I love her and Alex's friendship. It is just, mm, it's so rare to see male female relation friendships in books or any media really that doesn't like end up not actually just being a friendship. Like off the top of my head, I can name one other series that has a really good example. What series is that? Lunar Chronicles. Oh. Uh Uh-huh. There's all sorts of shipping in that series, but there's also all sorts of platonic male-female friendships. And it's just beautiful. I love it. So I love seeing that as well. I really like Starbreeze. (laughs) She just cracks me up. She's so flighty, but she's loyal at the same time. And she's more powerful than you realize when you first meet her. She just entertains me. I really like her character. <laughs> I like, she's so flighty because she's an air elemental. I know. <laughs> I also really like Arachne as well. I love her powers. I love that she's a giant spider. And I love, I'm a sucker for pretty clothes in books. And so when you have somebody who makes pretty clothes in books, I'm just like, yes, I like you. Can you imagine if Ron from Harry Potter met her? Bye, Ron. Nobody needed you anyway. Apparently, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just makes me laugh in my head. Like, I don't know why, because all I could think, I always compare Arachne to um, the spiders in book two. Yeah, which is just not fair at all. <laughs> They're not even close to the same thing. They're not even close to the same thing. To be fair, the first time I read this, I did kind of picture what I'd pictured for Aragog, but like a little prettier just because I liked Arachne more. I can understand that. And not just, and not like prettified like they would do in a crappy cartoon or something. I'm just like well-maintained. Like she just looked like she. She's elegant. She's elegant. She's like, she keeps her her hair brushed nicely and like that kind of thing. That's what I basically pictured for her. She is just purely lovely. Yes. And I just, I love it so much. I like her so much. I agree. Uh, And then I also like Sonder. He's just this sweet little nerd who gets caught up in stuff way bigger than him. And he's like, I don't know what's going on, but I'll help if I can. Mm. And he cracked me up. I, I appreciated that. Jacka tries tries to make you think that he's possibly a double agent or not actually on Alex's side. So I, I like that little twist. 
in the mind games that's going on there. But I like Saunders a character. He's just this like stalwart light mage who's just like, I'm just here to do my job. I just want to geek out about the thing that I love. Yeah. I think I'm tainted by Sonder. I think I'm I don't Sonder's okay. I'll let you I'll allow you to like him in this book. It's fine. In this book, he's good. You can't don't ruin book, him for me right. for other books. I won't. I'm just saying about that. And I'm like, I'm like, why did I not put Sonder down? Like, because the way you describe him, I'm like, oh, he'd be a wonderful person. I'm like, there must be something else I know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I know. So I won't tell you what I know. Okay. Let's why move would- on to least favorite characters then. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> this book introduces some thorns in our side that continually appear throughout the entire freaking series. First is Laviscus, the sleazy, no good light maze with the hidden agenda who just plays politics. He's a light mage. You would think a light mage would be a relatively good person. No. Awful. Like, awful person. He just should have been a dark mage. And if the dark mages had been organized and had a council, I'm sure that he would have been on that council instead. The way he uses people is just utterly, ooh. Ooh, man. Abby, there's there's more. More comes with him, just so you know. It gets worse. Then there's Delio. Delio's nuts. Like, literally insane. Certified insane. And she's dangerous with her disintegration magic. So great. Let's have this crazy dark mage with disintegration magic just running around London. It'd be fine. Don't worry about it. Seems safe enough. It's fine. Every time she shows up, I'm like, oh, my God. then there's also cinder who's delio's partner who is not the insane one instead he's just a hothead literally a hothead he has an explosive temper with an explosive fire ability and he's not afraid to throw around his weight and where delio says to go yeah he's going to be there so you have you know disintegration magic and fire magic coming at you great combo not don't play with them (laughs) and then we meet onyx and onyx never goes away i feel he is power hungry he is a dark mage he uses i think he uses force magic if i remember correctly and he just likes to torture people like he's like oh you're not gonna give me what i want well let me do this awful thing to you and i will get what i want from you but the dark mages i know it's very much when you look at the sith creed you know the sith creed at all from star wars um vaguely okay i mean infinity jack might have pulled from star wars which is fine so here's the sith creed so you know peace is a lie there is only passion through passion i gain strength through strength i gain power through power i gain victory through victory my chains are broken and the force shall set me free okay like, I feel like that really embodies the Dark Mages in this series. Yeah, I agree. Which, I don't remember, I don't feel like the Jedi one did as much either. Yeah, no, because the Light Mages and the series are kind of just all, well, not all of them have hidden agendas, but a lot of them want to play the politics. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I love about this, these books. They are, I love politics. And these books are quite delightful. Yeah, I enjoy well-done politics. And I like that the Light Mages have so many other agendas because 
it's not just a matter of light versus dark. It's like, or like good versus evil. It's everybody kind of sucks, except maybe Alex and his friends. <laughs> yeah. And even then, I mean, they, they, they still have their own, you know? Well, nobody's perfect, but like, yeah, the light and the dark are really two sides of the same coin. They all suck. <laughs> yeah. One is just very well organized and one is not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with basically everything you've said. I don't like Cinder. He's a hothead. Firepower. Ha ha ha. Uh, just a jerk. He's a bully boy is what he is. He's the muscle and Delio is the crazy brains. Mm. crazy brains with power is what she is yeah she's not good i also didn't like morden uh he's a horrible person and just uh, the stuff that he pulls they're all horrible how do i have we just not mentioned all the mages who aren't alex like i was like i could just list everybody that we talked about before but i do agree morden is also horrible yeah like you said, Lavistus is just like this sleazy suck up. He's got agendas. He's ugh. and Onyx. Oh, be gone, demon. This is not a spoiler, but I can tell you Lavistus is probably one of my most hated characters in this book, in this book series. Like even more so, like I actually I dislike Cinder and Delio in this book. I don't dislike them as much in later books. Alex, yeah, Onyx just sucks continuously. Even Morden has a bit of a redemption, but Levistus has nothing at all. Gross. He is gross. Very adamant about him. There's also there's also worse characters that we meet later on. All right. Well, Abby, tell me about your favorite scenes. Okay. So when I think about favorite scenes, the first one that comes to mind for me is meeting Arachne. The first time you read this book, it's actually such a surprise. Because <laughs> you're like, what is Alex doing? Why are we in the middle of this park? Like, this is such a weird setup. What in the world are we going to meet? Giant spider. <laughs> like, of all the magical things I could have guessed that he was heading towards, definitely would have been one of the last ones I would have gotten to. Because <laughs> you just don't normally think yes, we are going to go visit a giant magical spider. That's what we are going to do. But I really like Arachne. I really like the way that she's introduced. It's just, that's a fun scene for me. Even during my reread, I was like, I know what's going to happen, but this is such a good buildup. <laughs> so I very much appreciated that. I really like the introduction to Alex and his shop and what the shop actually does, like the real magic versus the fake magic that he sells. It's because it's all such a good introduction to Alex and his character and the way he thinks and talks and his sense of humor. So I just, I really like the opening. I love them getting outfits from Arachne because pretty clothes. (laughs) I like pretty clothes in books. And I love them going to the ball and Luna getting to actually touch Alex without anything bad happening to him. I love that Arachne was able to give him that ribbon and imbue it to take on her curse whenever he touched her. Even though it was just for that like tiny little bit of time, it was still such an important thing for her because she'd had so little human contact 
her entire life because of her curse. She can't get close to people without bad things happening to them. And it's just, it's so, it was so sweet. He didn't like, he was firm about, I promise you, this is going to be okay. But he also didn't like force it. He's like, I literally just want you to have a good time. Please let me let you have a good time. (laughs) He's such a good guy. He is. And he wasn't doing it to try and like sleep with her or anything. He was literally like, I just want you to have a good time if you're coming with me, please. (laughs) And I also really like towards the end when the dead mage who is in the Fate Weaver basically body snatches Alex and... He almost has Alex convinced that everything's fine. It's going to be okay. Until Alex is like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This isn't right. Hold up. And like Alex has to fight against him and kick him out of his own body. I just really enjoy the scene because it's not what I was expecting. And it's a very interesting way to go with it. And it was a fun read. It was just like, it was so fun to read. Oh, yeah. I completely agree. I love all the twists and turns in this book. Oh, for sure. All right. What about you? So I alluded to it earlier, but I really love the action scenes. I love the way Alex uses his divination magic to keep his butt from getting kicked all the time. And I appreciate that it's not perfect. Like there are times where he can't evade whatever it is. And so it's not... It is a, what's it called? A duex machina? Duex machina? Yeah, it's so, like, it is, but it isn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's used a lot, but it's also, like, it's not perfect. Yeah. And that's something. Yeah, I really appreciate his different skills and the fact that he uses his magic and his actual skills in combination like that. Mm-hmm. And I like that, like, he knows just enough to be able to have that ability to be like, ah, I'd be fine if I do it like this. And he can execute on it, you know? Right. And I appreciate that it's not infallible either. It would have been very easy to have given him this power and just made him like, yeah, he never gets hits in, hit in fights ever. Because he can always predict what's going to happen. Right, exactly. But no, he's human. He looks down the wrong paths. He sees the wrong things. Oh, I love when times where he's like, well, shit, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> and you're like, I know. <laughs> bloody i don't know what it is but a good museum heist but i like museum heists. like it, it just is so that whole scene even though i know he was kind of coercing it but it feels it's like ocean's 11 has magic you know what i mean yeah it's like okay well i'm thinking mission impossible dun 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 you know what i mean yeah. but not the same thing at all to ocean's 11 but i knew what you meant it's okay <laughs> I know, but I just love a good uh, museum heist. And I like the fact that you you told me it was Sonder and Luna. Is Talisid there too? Uh, I think so. Yeah. And like Delio's there and Cinder's there. Like everybody and their mom has to be involved with the museum heist, you know, that we meet in the book. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we get to the Fate Weaver and we're pulled into a whole another nonsense. And we have to figure out how to get out of this predicament. So it's like, you already have this huge climax happening. And then you have a nice little twist. And you're like, well, shit. And then, like you said, there's a body snatcher. Like, what else could go wrong? What else could not have been predicted by this? 
For sure. Definitely. The action in this book is so well written. And then, of course, you mentioned meeting Arachne, like who is still one of my favorite characters, one of my favorite non-human characters in every single book. And every single scene she's in, I'm just like, I would like a backstory of Arachne, please. Thank you. Thank you. Arachne is the only spider I ever want to actually see. (laughs) But she's, I mean, can you imagine? Oh, do, 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 do. Walking down in, you know, London Garden. Do, 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 giant spider. (sighs) You know what I mean? I would pass that. I would, I would legitimately faint if a giant spider showed up right in front of me. Like, can you imagine how terrifying that would be? No, I cannot. I would lose my mind. Like, it's just one of those things where, like a worst case scenario, you know what I mean? Like, if we were going to have, like, of all the things to be terrified of, giant spider wins. What is it about giant spiders in fantasy? Because I feel like spiders are just one of the things, like, in general, people have fear of. And so, of course, if they make it bigger, it's even worse, you know? Yeah, that's true. It's like making giant snakes, giant spiders, giant bugs. Like, no one has giant cats. And I mean, cats are a little bit more terrifying. Can you imagine a cat batting you around like a mouse? Like, oh, I want to play with you. Bat, 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 you know? Is it bad that I'd rather deal with a giant cat over a giant spider? Mm, why? I don't know. At least the cat is cute. <laughs> death by cute? Yeah, I mean, that's okay, too. Better than death by scary. Death by the cuter creature, I guess? I don't know. Mm-hmm. At least Arachne is not going to eat us, but she'll make us pretty close. I know. I love Arachne. I know. Well, what about your least favorite scenes? <sighs> All of Alex's memories with Richard and Delio and that group, just wow, depressing um, and messed up and shows the darkness of the Dark Mages and I don't like it. Yeah. it's interesting and I enjoy it because it's part of his backstory. So I enjoy finding that out, but I don't actually like the scenes because they're horrible. And I also don't really like Morden strong arming Alex into working for him. That was just like, really, really like I kind of get somebody had to strong arm him into it because he's neutral. He's like, I want nothing to do with any of you. But at the same time, it's like, why can't you just leave him alone? Like, literally, that's all that he wants is to be left alone. So leave him alone. Mm-hmm. But then again, he was the last diviner in London. You know. He should have he, he should have hightailed it. I don't really have a lot for this category because I enjoyed so much of the book. Like, it's a really good book. So what about you? It's a good book. Well, kind of things like you said. So Onyx in general is a truly terrible person and the fact that he basically gets pleasure from torturing Alex is a little disturbing you know oh yeah and I can say that a lot about some of the dark mages like they truly have no remorse for the things they do and even their allies the only true allies I've ever seen for dark mages is Delio and Cinder like everyone else has a hidden agenda Mm -hmm. and I don't know. There's something so perverse about reading someone who gets joy out of hurting somebody. 
And that's a theme that happens over and over again in these books that just makes me cringe. Yeah. And then the things I don't enjoy the most, I mean, you kind of touched on it too. It's just Alex's past with his old master, Richard, and exploring how he became an apprentice and the things that happened to him, the things that happened to Shireen and Tubrick, no, Tubrock and Rachel. Like, you know, they were his friends, so his competition, because they were all competing to be Richard's chosen, and essentially they're going to only be one, you know, kind of Thunderdome-ish like. Mm-hmm. But like you have this young, basically 18, 19 year old who's like, well, I want all the power. So I'm going to align myself with this dark guy. So I get power and fame and money. Oh, and I got to get rid of these other princesses. It'd be fine. Like it's just an awful way to warp someone, you know? Yeah. And then the fact that he turns basically from that life and he's like i'm just gonna own me a little shop in london peace out y'all yeah and you just want him to be left alone that's the theme faded the maze that should have been left alone that's the tagline for this book okay oh yeah (laughs) for the whole series Um, really really really, they should have left him alone because abby when you get to book 11 you're gonna be going Wow, Mo, they really should have left Alex alone. Because if they left him alone, the chain of events that happens throughout this whole series would never happen. And they would all be happier. You know? Including Alex. Yes. So, as we roll into final thoughts, I always mention one of my favorite characters from the series is Anna. And I am so disappointed that it takes so long for her to come in. So just so you know, listeners, in case you have listened to our other episodes and you're like, where's Anna? Mo has mentioned this character a bunch of times. Yeah, well, she's in the series, just not in this book or the next three. (laughs) So (laughs) I was going to say, I never met Anna in the books that I read. So, okay. Next four. I think she shows up in book five or six, and she is one of the most pivotal and best characters in this series. Anyway, Abby, tell me your final thoughts for the book. Well, I give this five stars when I originally read it and when I reread it. It's just a good book. It's fun. It's entertaining. I mean, I don't have anything bad to say against it, especially considering what it's normally compared to. I'm like, no, guys, you don't understand. This is so much better. So it really is. Like when people tell me, oh, I love Harry Dresden. I'm like, but have you read Alice Ferris? Oh, yeah. You know, and I appreciate Harry Dresden. Like a lot of people really like it. Like Nate loves Harry Dresden. Like I have bought him signed copies of Jim Butcher's books for him. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot about the series, but I just don't don't love Harry. And Harry ruins the books for me. But Alex does not. Alex makes these books amazing. This is why this is a five out of five. This series is always an automatic buy for me. So anytime a book comes out, I'm like, boop, it's mine, you know? Or I go to the library and get it. It really just depends on what the situation is like, you know? I love finding series that are like that, especially longer series. Because it's just like, yes, I want to read all of these books. These are going to be automatic buys. So you're like, I know for the next however many years, I have at least one good book to look forward to. So when are you going to read the other eight books? When I get there. (laughs) 
Oh, when are you going to read the other eight books? When it gets there. <laughs> Fine. All right, guys. Well, that's what we have tonight. We will talk to you again next week. Talk to you next week, guys. Bye. If you liked what you heard today and want to help us spread the book love, drop us a rating or review on the app you use. Or share the episode post on your preferred social media. Everything helps. You can also check out our Patreon for some awesome perks like access to our mini-series, a monthly guaranteed episode poll, and much more. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter under the name The Book Life Podcast. If you'd like to contact us directly, you can email us at thebooklifepodcast at gmail.com. The song is Theme for an Unmade Anime by C8 Benoit from their album Dominique. You can find them on Instagram at C underscore A underscore B-E-N-O-I-T. That's C-A Benoit. And on Spotify under their name, Katie Benoit. Thanks for listening. Till next time.